It seems that even the gods themselves cannot save us from the fascism of feelings. Now, don't get me wrong, I've got no issues with feelings. They're an essential part of life. They're good at helping to motivate you to make the world a better place. But simply squatting in the squalid swamp of your own feelings does not make the world better and very often tends to make the world a lot worse case in point, which we are going to talk about today. Time magazine recently put a picture of a two-year-old crying Honduran girl on the cover. And he was, she was facing Trump on a red background and crying and looking up at the giant orange monster. And the caption said, welcome to America. Snarkument is not an argument. Because here's the plan. It's a twofer, right? It's a duality of inconsequentiality and propaganda. Because there's Trump and there's this little crying girl. And that's all there is in the equation. Nobody else exists. The girl just, poof, appeared at the border. And Trump sternly glared her down and made her cry. Why was she at the border, this little girl? Because her mother had paid thousands of dollars to a criminal cartel to commit the felony of attempting to re-enter the United States after she had been deported years before once already. The mother was paying a criminal cartel to commit a crime. Oh my God, she was arrested. Or she was detained, let's say. Can you imagine? (sighs) A dad does a bank robbery and takes his child with him as a human shield. A, A man does a bank robbery, a father takes a human child and gets arrested. And then Time has the new bank CEO on the cover glaring at the crying child of the bank robber saying, welcome to banking. No, that's not banking. It's stealing. She's not coming to America. She's invading America. She's squatting in America. She's illegally occupying America. She's stealing from Americans, as the illegal immigrants do, because they have never paid taxes into a system. They come and get huge benefits. They are the free riders who ain't free. It's a twofer, remember? It's Trump and a little crying girl. Nobody else has anything to do with it at all. There's no mom there. There's no dad. There's no cartel coyotes. There's no drug mules. There's no rapists. There's no Bill Clinton. But I repeat myself, there's no Barack Obama, no human traffickers. It's just a crying toddler and Trump and a red background. Why a red background? Because a red background with a hammer and sickle would be much too obvious. Now, it did not take long, of course, for this story to unravel. But the reaction to the unraveling of this story is one of these horrible switch-on-the-lights illuminations that you wish you could scrub from your brain with a nice handful of London street acid. Time issued a correction. Now, what they said was, the original version of this story misstated what happened to the girl in the photo after she was taken from the scene. The girl was not carried away screaming by U.S. Border Patrol agents. Her mother picked her up and the two were taken away together. Together. Now, since the whole story is about family separation, the fact that the family wasn't separated is more than just a little bit of a correction. Just a smidge of a correction. You know, we're changing the course of the story. No, that's a 180. It's not a correction. That's a we're hacks retraction. 
Ooh, family separation. There was a two-minute separation at about 11 o'clock at night. Why is the girl crying? Because she's two. And it's the middle of the night and she's thirsty. Why is she crying? Because her mother dragged baby on a horrible, dangerous journey through crime-infested, pedophile, sand deserts of hell that make Tatooine look like a spa. Now, the Sorry Not Sorry Time also said in a statement, quote, The June 12th photograph of the two-year-old Honduran girl became the most visible symbol of the ongoing immigration debate in America for a reason. Under the policy enforced by the administration prior to its reversal this week, those who crossed the border illegally were criminally prosecuted, which in turn resulted in the separation of children and parents. Our cover and our reporting capture the stakes of this moment. See, it's false but true. It's real but not real. It's accurate but inaccurate. Good job, postmodernism, from loosing us from all Aristotelian confines of reason and evidence. Now, of course, they want to play on your feelings because feelings can be programmed. You can be controlled by your feelings. Feelings are things to be hoarded within your heart and only open to those close to you because if you wear your heart upon a sleeve, well, they use the heart on your sleeve to attach Geppetto-style strings to your limbs to have you wave around your own cultural demise. Feelings can be programmed. Thoughts actually have to be earned. The red background, evil. The Washington Post and CNN, but I repeat myself, lavished praise on Times cover design, calling it powerful and resonant, notably not calling it true or factual or accurate. (sighs) Here's a quote. It shows the compassion gap that exists between the Trump administration's zero-tolerance border policy and the real-life people that are affected. That's uh, CNN's Chris Siliza gushing about it before choking half to death on his own soy spittle. See, now the left is really, really upset about a zero-tolerance policy. Yeah, just ask Roseanne Barr how tolerant the left is for even the slightest error, let alone conscious and knowing breaking of the law for the second time. Zero-tolerance. Everyone who disagrees with us is a racist Nazi. Wait, zero tolerance is bad. (laughs) Pick one. Ah, why would you want to be a leftist if you had to only pick one of two opposing choices? We want both and neither and all and money and power. (sighs) CBS News provided, I guess you could say a smidge more context to Times erroneous reporting. This just happened yesterday because one of the border agents uh, who encountered the girl and her mother, told them that this woman, Yanela Denise, was the girl, sorry, Yanela Denise, was crying due to thirst and lack of sleep. This was a border border agent, and I guess noted anti-Hispanic, just kidding, Carlos Ruiz, told CBS News, and I quote, we were patrolling the border. It was after 10 o'clock at night. We asked her to set the kid down in front of her, not away from her. She was right in front of her so we can properly search the mother. So the kid immediately started crying as she sat her down. I personally went up to the mother and asked her, are you doing okay? Is the kid okay? And she said, yes, she's tired and thirsty. It's 11 o'clock at night. 
So this is the whole story. A woman commits a felony by re-entering the United States after being deported once already, I think it was in 2013, in the middle of the night, having paid a bunch of money to, I assume, a crime cartel to get her across. And the agent says, I'm sorry, we're going to have to pat you down because you may have heard, I'm guessing he would say something like this, you may have heard there's just a gram or two of drugs that may be coming across the border and destroying the rust belt of the United States and causing more deaths per year from opioid addictions than occurred in all of Vietnam. So I'm afraid we're going to have to search you to find out if you have any of these drugs on you, because a lot of people do who cross the border. Put your kid down right in front of you just for a minute or two, and that's it. That's the entire family separation narrative. Oh, but there's more. Oh, yes, there's so much more. And you see, but you put the crying toddler and Trump glaring at this toddler that he never met. And people are like, well, that feels bad, man. That feels, that feels true. That f and, and time then says, well, it may not have been factually accurate, but it feels true. It expresses the zeitgeist of the <laughs> hairball. It feels true. That doesn't mean it is true. Would you go to a racist who says, I feel that this group is inferior and say, well, it must be true because it feels true. <sighs> it's just an IQ test. This is really all it is. It's an IQ test to find out who is capable of adding even one microgram of intelligent analysis to a public debate. Because if you just think something feels true and you're upset, you add nothing. In fact, you detract and you destroy public debate because feelings, eruptions of emotions. I care for the children and my caring somehow translates into magical protection for the children. Yeah, I'm just going to stare at sick pick people and I'm going to say, I really care about them being sick. Yeah, sure, they're going to get better because you feel stuff. How about you study science? How about you study medicine? How about you actually go and do... No! I want to sit here in my vat of useless feelings and think I'm doing good because passion. My God. This is, this, it feels true, therefore it is true. You know, this is the basis of tyranny, right? Like under Stalin when they had all these show trials. And it feels like these people are counter-revolutionaries. So they are, so we'll kill them. No proof, no facts. No right to confront your abuser. It just feels true. So off to the gulag they go. The fascism of feelings is incredibly dangerous. And civilization is setting reason against emotion, against feelings, facts against faith. You know all that science that you like that keeps you alive? That science exists because people decided to say, hey, let's focus on what's true rather than what feels right. Empiricism over faith. Facts over feelings. So what's the truth? Well, this little girl was never separated from her mom. And Trump is enforcing the law that he did not make. There's a policy of separating children and adults in detention centers. Barack Obama did it, and his predecessors did it. So... What is, Trump, what is Trump doing? See, they call Trump a fascist. They call him a Nazi. And a fascist and a Nazi is somebody who doesn't obey the existing law, which was in fact part.
passed by Democrats in the Senate. So you see, he's a fascist and a Nazi because he's just breaking the law willy-nilly. Now you see, he's cold and inhumane because he's complying with and reinforcing, well, en enforcing the law. Now, for those who don't know, <laughs> enforcing the law is actually Trump's constitutional duty and responsibility. So if he breaks the law, it's terrible. I don't think he has, but if he did, it would be terrible. But it's also terrible, you see, if he enforces the law that he did not make. Now, they say, well, Trump has a choice. Sure, sure, he has a choice. And that choice is to ignore the law, to refuse to enforce the law. Well, I guess that's DACA, right? Refuse to enforce the law. And this sort of catch and release stuff, that was under Obama. He released, and nobody knows how many illegals into America, which was illegal for him to do. See, when you don't enforce the law passed by Democrats, then, oh, well, anyway. So, let's turn to the Washington Post, shall we? Is our hazmat suit holding? I think it is. Barely, barely. <sighs> ICE said Sanchez was previously deported to Honduras in July 2013, Sanchez and her daughter left for the United States from Puerto Cortes, north of the Honduran capital of, are you ready for it, Tegucigalpa, I'm sure that's wrong, on July 3rd, Varela said, Sanchez had told her husband, this is the mom, Sanchez had told her husband that she hoped to go to the United States to seek a better life for her children away from the dangers of their home country. But... She left without telling him that she was taking their youngest daughter with her. <sighs> okay, so she doesn't specifically seem to be a refugee because she's hoping for a better life. Now, having high crime in your neighborhood doesn't make you a refugee. You have to be persecuted for particular protected statuses and so on, right? Your political opinions, whatever it is, right? And... You generally have to be persecuted by the government or the government is unwilling to protect you. So, does not seem to qualify in my admittedly amateur opinion. So, not a refugee, just looking for a better place to live. Which I assume is true for most of the other billions and billions of people in the world who would also like to come to America, thus burying it under the ocean. So, <laughs> funny story. Turns out there are layers of family separation here that have nothing to do with the propagandistic Pravda back from the dead time cover. So, <sighs> Varela, who has three other children with Sanchez, feared, this is the, uh, the father, feared for the little girl's safety, he said. Yanela is turning two years old in July, so not quite two. From the Washington Post again. After Sanchez left, Varela had no way to contact her or learn of her whereabouts. Then on the news, he saw the photo of the girl in the pink shirt. So not really a refugee looking for asylum. This woman abandoned her family and other children. See, here we, we actually, we can talk about Parental separations, there are two of them, in fact. Number one, 
I'm no legal expert. I'm just going to use the colloquial term kidnapping because when you take a child away from a, a, another parent who has legal rights over that child without telling him and take, it, take her out of the country and put her in a dangerous cartel-infested rape journey to the American border, that's kidnapping. I will say colloquially, that's kidnapping. So there's number one, parental separation, that the wife didn't tell the husband she was taking the little girl. She took the little girl away from her husband, away from the little girl's father, to the American border. Now, why didn't she tell her husband that she was taking this little girl on this godforsaken perilous journey? Because he probably would have said no. So why did she take the little girl? That's a very interesting question. Does she care so much about her children she wants to get them to a better life? Well, no, she left a bunch of them behind in Honduras. So that's one parental separation, her kidnapping the child away from the child's father. Now, the other parental separation is her abandoning her other children. Yes, that seems like parental separation to me. Now, why did she take her little girl? Well, we know why, pretty much. It's a cynical, highly dangerous ploy to make it easier to break the law again in order to get into America. Why? Because Barack Obama also allowed for the use of kids to get more Democrat voters across the border. So, yeah, this Hispanic woman, Hispanic family, Hispanic border guards, uh, Hispanic father, Barack Obama, I guess half white, half black, who started this whole crap about, hey, if you've got kids, well, you know, you're pretty much going to get in. But put all this together, yeah, it's just the white guy's fault, I guess, right? Am I right? Just the white guys and, and communist red. Now, this is what I mean when I say feelings are horrible. Feelings are, are horrendous, if that's all they are. Again, if you really feel passionately about curing cancer and that emotion drives you to actually do practical things to help cure cancer, good. The feelings are wonderful because they motivate you into doing something. But having feelings, <laughs> I really want to lose weight. Are you going to change your diet? No. You're going to exercise more? No. You're going to do anything different? No. But my feelings are very important. It's like, if they're not important enough for you to act on them, I scarcely wonder why I should care about them. If your feelings aren't enough for you to think things through, I can't for the life of me imagine why I should care about your feelings at all. Haven't you had people in your life? Oh, I know I have. Some of them may in fact be in the comments section below. Haven't you had people in your life who keep complaining and talking and complaining and talking and never change a single damn thing in their life? Shut up, people. If you're not willing to act on your feelings to the point where you become informed and intelligent and knowledgeable and practical and useful about the subject, I don't care about your feelings because you don't either. You're just using them to make yourself feel better. I care about the children. Do you? So allowing illegals across the border, what does it do? It creates a vacuum of us, uh, opportunity and possibility that brings more men, women, and children into harm's way. We know the vast majority of women traversing across the coyote-laced pipeline into the United States are raped. So if you allow people across the border, that means more people will try to get across the border, which means more women will be raped. 
more men will be abandoned and abused. More children will be abandoned and abused. So if you allow illegals across the border, then not only does it put more women and children in danger, it pours more money into the hands of the criminal cartels that control the roots. And it's, again, the Democrats wanting more rights and privileges for illegals breaking the law than for honest, legal immigrants and U.S. citizens. You know, zero tolerance, that's the point of law. The point of law is it is not selectively applied. That's tyranny, you understand. Selective application of law. Oh, yes, the Democrats care so much about the law. That's why Hillary Clinton still breathes free air. Laboriously, I believe. Because, yeah, an illegal alien crosses into the United States. He or she is a lawbreaker. And lawbreakers, this includes, by the way, American citizens, are put into the criminal justice system. That is the rule of law. Now, what happens? When an illegal alien is taken into custody, he or she is put where? If they're an adult, well, they're put into an adult detention center. Of course they are. Now, do I even need to explain why it is both immoral and illegal to allow children to live in adult detention centers? Does that need to be, I hope that doesn't need to be, to be explained. It would be absolutely wrong to put the children into the adult detention centers where they may be abused, they may be raped, they may be brutalized, they may be, who knows, right? You can't put children... And then, of course, you see what happens is if you allow the families of, well, if you allow the children of those who break in the law by crossing into America illegally to be reunited with them in the detention centers, what happens? Oh, now you get Pulitzer Prize winning photographers taking pictures of the little children in jail crying with their parents, ah, feeling <laughs> We have to lose all of Western civilization because people can't control and manage and negotiate with their feelings. Go the feelings and go the liberties. Now, this also goes back to 1997. In 1997, wait, that's right. During the Bill Clinton presidency, there was a consent decree called the Flores Settlement, which made it illegal for American authorities to hold migrant children for longer than 20 days. Right? Which makes sense. You're separating kids from their parents, and that kind of long separation is really, really bad. Of course, <laughs> the leftists say it's perfectly fine to put your children in daycare all day, but anyway. So, if the parents say, ah, it's a fair cop, you caught me, I crossed the border illegally, I'm going back. Boom! The family is magically reunited. <gasps> Here are your children. You have to go back. Now, why does this not happen sometimes? Well, it happens because the parents apply for asylum. Now, the asylum process, of course, takes a long time, longer than 20 days. But regardless, after 20 days of detention, what can the American authorities do? Well, they can either say, here, we're going to reunite you and just let you loose. Off you go, go live illegally in America, go on welfare, go put your kids in school, go drive on the roads, go use the healthcare system by showing up at emergency so they can just let them go. Refuse to enforce the law. 
Now, if this only happens when you have kids, well, that's why the children are there, you understand. That's why you put children in these horrible, dangerous situations. Because you can use them as leverage to get free passage into America. Do you care about the kids? Well, you need to stop doing that, otherwise you're going to get more and more and more. Not to mention dangling DACA and dangling amnesty and all refusing to catch and release and refusing to enforce the borders. That just brings children into harm's way. So, if the parents decide that they wish to apply for asylum, which means they know that they're not going to have any contact with their kids, it is the parents who choose to separate from their children at the border. Because if the parents say, fair cop, send me back, they're reunited with their children right away. You can have your kids back right away. But if you say, well, I want asylum, then you're not going to have your kids back because you stay in a detention center. And your kids can't be with you in an adult detention center. So it's the parents who choose to reject their children in pursuit of asylum claims. My God. Again, I ask you why any sane group of human beings would care more about children than their parents do. I wish to be reunited with my child. Great. Then you just have to accept that you cross the border illegally, go back to your home country, and here are your children on a platter. <sighs> but, of course, they don't do that. What they do is they say, well, I really, really want to apply for asylum. And they say, well, that means that your kids won't be able to be with you during the process of applying for asylum. And they're like, sure, okay. It's the parents who choose to separate from their children by applying for asylum. And they know that that is going to be the result of applying for asylum. So they choose to separate from their children. You understand how this works? So either American authorities just let the entire family loose, which puts more and more children in danger, or what they do, what they do uh, is they can say, okay, we're gonna, since you're going to apply for asylum, you're going to be around for a little while, we can't put your kids with you because it's an adult detention center, so we have to put your kid in a foster home or with some relative who lives in the United States. That is not a government policy, you understand. That is the result of direct choice of the parents. Now, it is not just the applying for asylum that separates parents from their children. You understand? Sorry, that's annoying. I apologize. <laughs> you don't understand. Let me explain it in case you don't. There are many places in Mexico where parents can go and apply for asylum with their children in the United States. And you know what happens? They're not separated from their children. You understand? So you, 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 maybe you come from Honduras, maybe you come from Nicaragua, maybe you just come from Mexico, and you say, I want to apply for asylum in the United States. There are so many places in Mexico where you can go and legally apply for asylum into the United States. No one separates you from your children. The reason why the children are separated from the parents is the parents apply for asylum after... They illegally crossed the border into the United States. Now, I have no idea why America allows people who've already committed the crime of crossing the border illegally, particularly for the second time, how on earth is it remotely possible to apply for asylum in America when you've already broken the laws before you even got there? It's like applying for a job after you shoplifted. Oh, you caught me shoplifting. Hey, can I have a job? Would that be... Sure, shoplifter, love to have you come work for me. Sure, person who doesn't respect American laws, we'd love to have you come in. Now, someone made the point in 2014, and he said, do not send your children to the borders. If they do make it, they'll get sent back. More importantly, they may not make it. 
do not send your children to the borders. They may not make it. They certainly will be sent back. The person who said that in 2014 was President Barack Obama. Now, here's another point. At the point of bringing somebody into custody because they've crossed the border illegally and they say, this is my child, nobody knows with any degree of reliability if this is even a real family unit of any kind. Could be your kid, could be not kid, could be rent a kid, could be a kid you kidnapped, could be a kid you stole, could be you could be a human trafficker posing as a, as a parent. Who knows? Who, I mean, these are adults who've already broken the law. Yes, they just might be lying about their family status. Possible, possible. I mean, it's not wildly uncommon for illegal aliens, including outright criminals, people who have broken more laws than just crossing the border illegally, to pretend that the kids they're traveling with are, in fact, their own. And why did they do that? Crossing their fingers in the well-publicized hope that this wonderful united family status is going to result in them being released in order to keep the family together, which might not, in fact, be a family. Right, this catch and release crap. Now, they get released into America, and it's like, no, no, you have a court date. So be sure to come back, person who may be traveling with stolen child and who lied and broke the law by coming across the border, be sure to come back for your court date. And of course, a whole bunch of them never show up, especially, of course, those who have come across to be drug dealers and uh, pimps and uh, gang members and so on. Of course, they're not going to show up for a court date. So, what are the choices? And, and this is the kind of corner that the media is trying to back everyone into. What are the choices? You want to keep the family unit together? What happens? Well, you either put children into adult detention centers, you put adults in child detention centers, or you just let everyone go. Off you go. Off you go, people whose relationships to the children you can't verify. Go live in the country illegally, but be sure to come back for your court date at some point in the future. It's the parents. It's the parents. It's the parents. It is the parents who choose to drag a child through countless miles of dangerous and criminal desert pathways with the goal, at the end, of committing a crime. Imagine if if you were a domestic citizen in America and you drag your child through miles of highly dangerous, crime-infested, rape-infested desert with the goal of committing a crime at the end, how long do you think it would be before Child Protective Services would take away your children? You try this in America, well, let's just say you're going to experience just a smidge of family separation, but do it across the border and somehow keeping the family together is all everyone can ever think about. (sighs) If you're an asylum seeker who respect the laws and apply for asylum at legal points of entry, you're not separated. You're not separated. So... Let's say that uh, the leftists who want this get their way and that if you cross the border illegally but you have children that you just get set free into America, what's going to happen? Well, we all know what's going to happen. It incentivizes those who uh, engage in kidnapping, child 
entrapment, dragging kids along this incredibly dangerous trek across the border. Or, even worse, exploiting them for this catch-and-release loophole and then trafficking them after getting across into America. It incentivizes people to use children as props, to grab and control children, to bring children as get-out-of-jail-free cards in order to get into America. It puts children in harm's way to let them be used to evade the law. And we know this because until Obama came along, who came across the border? Young single men. It was Obama who created this great positive incentive for dragging kids along on this horrible journey where the children are often sexually assaulted. Listen, they don't just rape the adult women on this path at the rate of 80% or more, 80% of the women coming along are raped. What do you think happens to the children? You're a pedophile, where do you go? Well, house of single moms, and you go to this area where the children are unprotected and the adults are desperate. So Obama said, well, if you've got kids, yeah, okay, we'll just do this catch and release thing. That puts children in danger. That's what happens when you think rather than just feel. Because, you know, the word spreads very quickly. There's social media, there's the internet. Word spreads like wildfire now. If you come across the border with little kids, you're going to be let loose. You're home free. So, of course, when children become a get out of free, a get out of jail free card for coming into America illegally, yeah, people start bringing kids. And when you bring kids into this vulnerable situation, you bring predatory pedophiles to the border to buy children, to sell children, to attack and rape children who are being used as props to get across the border. It's turned, the southern border in America has turned into Thailand with tequila. It raises the incentive to kidnap and use kids as these props to get into America. And then when they've grabbed the kids and used the kids as levers and props to get into America, what happens to those kids then? Maybe they're related, maybe they're not. What happens to those kids when the criminals use them to get across the border? I think we can all pretty much figure out what happens to them. So, talking about this family unification is just a cover story. Because the only way to keep the families unified when people cross the border illegally and apply for asylum is to release everyone into America, which is exactly what the Democrats want. Free votes paid for by the children's children's children. Actually, no, now it'll be the children. It's not that far down the road. The national debt and the unfunded liabilities come true. So Democrats don't care about children. If they cared about children, they'd reform the family court system. If they cared about children, they'd improve public education in any way, shape, or form. If they cared about children, they wouldn't be loading down the next generation with unsustainable levels of debt and $150 trillion or more of unfunded liability. They don't care about the kids. They care about votes. They're drug addicts who want votes. <laughs> Snort the tasty illegal aliens' allegiance to the left. And, of course, when pro-Trump stories break in the news, the Democrats need some big, giant, emotional field bomb to distract people from the facts that disrupt their narrative, right? So, just last week, you know, the economy in America is going through the roof. We've got 95-plus percent optimism among manufacturers. There is a record low numbers of, of food stamp recipients. The number of people applying for disability is going down. Jobs are being created left, right, and center. And... 
everybody who was saying Trump's going to get us into a trade war that's going to destroy, yeah, because that's right, the left is all about free trade, right? All about free trade. That's why they allow competition in the school system, and that's why they love competition in the healthcare system. Yeah, they're all about free trade. And of course, a lot of the um, Canada and Germany and other places, they're you know, weakening and not downright crumbling under Trump's negotiating skills to negotiate for lower tariffs. Of course, you threaten higher tariffs to get lower tariffs. It's not brain surgery. You threaten to quit not because you want to quit, but because you want to raise. You want to stay. Threaten high tariffs to get lower tariffs. Idiots. Yeah, Trump had a successful summit with North Korea. And, of course, the Inspector General report, which I talked about on this very channel, kind of turned the light on James Comey's swamp of the FBI and revealed it to be a uh, miasma of corruption that was dedicated solely to making sure that Hillary Clinton never paid for anything and Donald Trump paid for everything he didn't do by framing him with the Russia fantasy narrative. So, this is where things are. This is everything that has been building since I was a teenager. Yeah, it's been a while. I love scrolling. You know when you get to enter your birth date on some program or website, and you got to scroll, scroll. It's a lot of scrolling, but it all comes down to this right now. Ice agents are, are being not quite publicly doxxed, but public information about them is being searched and, and uh, centralized. You got feral leftists openly harassing Trump officials. Violence and threats are escalating. Sarah Sanders was chased out of a restaurant just the other day by its owner, not serving Sarah Sanders. But Christian bakeries have to serve and bake gay wedding cakes. But now the lines are drawn. The new segregation is growing, is upon us. Now, for those who think, well, the left is being discredited daily, therefore they're going to lose their moral authority, well, I guess you've never tried to capture a cornered rat now, have you? Because animals are the most dangerous when cornered, and ideologies are at their most dangerous state when they are disintegrating. And we have this amazing capacity to tear down and unravel and pull down Mainstream media propaganda in real time. Can you imagine if, if, if this reach, if this passion, if this power, if this connection, if this credibility that the alternative media has, the good members of the alternative media have, can you imagine if this had been around in 2003 when the Bataan death march to the Iraq war was underway? All of these lies could have been deconstructed in real time. The monument a blood being built to destroy the Middle East could have been pulled down. Maybe no migrant crisis, maybe no potential destruction of Europe. It could have stopped that in its tracks. Better late than never. We can stop this kind of propaganda by pointing out the facts. Please, you know, like, subscribe, share, do whatever it takes to get the right information out there. Because as we unravel the lies, it's like... <laughs> When you pull someone's feral mask off and their nature is revealed, if it's corrupt and monstrous and false, predatory, if it only uses morality as a club with which to beat you down, that is when the opponent becomes dangerous. You've got to hang tight here. This is the moment in history. You've got to hold on. You've got to stay strong. You've got to stay safe. You've got to stay sane. And you've got to speak up. The often camouflaged enemies of progress. And it's funny, I see a very 
dark and tall shadow behind and above them. The, the enemies of human progress, they've made themselves abundantly clear. There's no doubt anymore about their intentions and what they're willing to do to gain and hold power and escalate that power over you. In these instances, as in so many instances now, the lines are clearly drawn. If we, defenders of civilization, fail, if the center of reason, of enlightenment, of truth, of empiricism, if the center cannot hold, if things fall apart, we have the capacity to speak, we have the technology to talk to the whole world. All that we need is integrity and willpower. The enemy is clear. If everything falls apart, if we lose what we inherited, at this point, given all of our possibilities and opportunities, we will have no one to blame but ourselves. Do not let it happen.